Welcome to the MindVine podcast, where we challenge the stigma associated with mental illness through conversations about a variety of issues impacting mental health. Here we bring you news, views, and interviews that intrigue, educate, and celebrate recovery. Leading us on this journey are the hosts of the MindVine podcast, Daryl Mathers and Chris Bovey. So welcome to the MindVine podcast. We are on location. We've been doing a series of interviews with inspiring mental health people from across the country. Uh, we're in uh, Ottawa at the Shaw Center. I'm with, uh, my name is Daryl Mathers. I'm with my co-host, Chris Bovey. And we have a distinguished yeah. guest. Uh, it's a great pleasure to have the Member of Parliament for Richmond Hill, Majid Jahari, here with us. And Thank award you. recipient tonight for the Mental Health Champions. Congratulations on the award. Thank you. It's great to be here. And, and certainly, um, the, this government, the federal government, is very committed to mental health and supporting mental health. But I thought what was really interesting, and I wanted to start with, if we could, is, is um, your own personal story. You mentioned there was a point in your life where you could reflect and go back and look at yourself as a young, young person and realize that you were dealing with things but weren't aware at the time. Yeah. What, what led to that? What was the catalyst for you to understand that? Well, uh, again, thank you for this opportunity. Um, uh, as I said when I was um, uh, thanking the uh, CAMEMH for uh, awarding me the, uh, the, the, uh, the championship uh, for 2018, uh, during, the, during the campaign uh, uh, to run for uh, position of member of parliament, um, I started writing my biography. And I started talking about the challenges uh, that I faced uh, when I came, when I had come to Canada some 40 years ago, challenges uh, for a newcomer, 18 years old, uh, from a different country, uh, not knowing the language, not knowing the culture, and uh, having the desire to really uh, take the opportunity that's presented to him to make a difference in his life, and hopefully in the life of people around him. And uh, very quickly, uh, I, I realized that there, there are a lot of barriers. And it was through really dedication, hard work, and uh, the sense of survival that um, I managed to get through it. So when I was sharing that story with my family, that was the first time that I really sat down and wrote my kind of biography. And um, you know, when you run, you, you want everyone to know you. And uh, I started sharing my story, and a lot of people came out and said, oh my God, I, I, I resonate with that. And um, you know, the feeling of anxiety of selling into a new life uh, resonated with a lot of people, you know, newcomers to Canada. At, uh, you know, after all, Canada is, a, is an immigrant country. So a lot of people came and told me, you know what, I, I totally resonate with the fact that we come to this new country and there's anxiety. And a lot of students, a lot of people came in, they said, you know what, when things weren't going well, um, we're depressed and you know depression we didn't have anyone to talk about and they said hey look th those are those are what I'm going through right. and I reflected back and I said hey look back then nobody talked about anxiety mm -hmm. nobody talked about depression there was just like oh well you know challenges with uh, settling into a new country yeah. and uh, you know the, the concept of stigma and the concept of mental health or mental illness um, did not exist, or at least existed. It wasn't commonly talked about. Right. It might have, it, you know. I'm sure the science was there. Uh, I'm sure there were certain, you know, professional that they could identify or to diagnose. Right. But people didn't go to, you know, the professional and say, "Hey, look, 
I think I'm suffering from anxiety or I think I'm depressed or um, it was always looked at well, you know what? He's a quiet guy, or right. he's having a hard time selling in, a or label, label his, yeah, or label yeah. you. You know, yeah. you know what? He's he's awkward, and uh, you know, you, you now you realize that this is not. These are the challenges. I mean, I, I talked about um, losing a son of a very close friend of mine um, to to suicide. I mean, anxiety, first year, second year university, a lot of people, a lot of students from grade I don't know nine, ten, eleven. Children nowadays, at age 10, we are asking them to pick a future. Mm. I remember age 10, uh, grade 10, I wasn't worried about, right. you know, I was worried about, hey, look, you know what, summer is going to be around the corner and I'm going to go get my new bike. Yeah. And now we're taking, well, you know, you better take this course and you better do this. And if you don't that, you're not going to be able to get to the right university. If you don't hang around with the right network, you're not going to be able to get jobs. And right. You know what? Third-year university student, A, straight A, um, you know, came summer jobs. But as, as he started probably thinking about, hey, look, next year is the last year. The expectation all of a sudden, you know, is raised that, oh, I got to graduate. I got to get a job. I got to, you know, set up a home. All of those causes stress, right. causes anxiety. Yep. And you know what? You do things that you shouldn't be doing. Yep. And unfortunately, uh, you know, it's good that we are there. It's good that there's a lot of people feel it's time for us to get up and share our story right. and say it's okay not to be okay. Yep. And um, you know, uh, this is this is really this is really what brought the whole thing about. Yeah. And, you and know, you I, sorry, sorry, I was going to say not to mention the the social issues that it, that come with growing up and being a young person into adulthood. You talk about like kind of the pressures we put on them, the map of their future, but just the regular teenage pressure to fit in to to be a certain way or to live up to their own expectations. Yeah. But I wanted to just go back to, you know, kind of your personal story of coming uh, to Canada. And that's an issue that, you know, this country faces today. We have, you know, we obviously have well, new Canadians coming every day. We have a situation in Quebec with uh, the Haitian population and refugees. And, mm -hmm. and when that is reported on or when we talk about it as a society, we talk a lot about logistics like housing and language and finances. but. We don't talk about that transition and what it's going to mean for their mental health and their mental yeah. well-being when they come into that country. Or, yeah. or, and maybe we're talking about it in other circles, but we're certainly not on the public consciousness. And yeah. I'm wondering, if are we getting better at that as a country of addressing those issues? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you look at the room tonight, uh, you could see representative, and I, and I call them all champions. If you're here, you're, you're a champion. You're a champion. If you are here and you want to make sure that everybody hears that you're a champion. Mm -hmm. um, a champion doesn't mean that you have to get a word. A champion means that you have consciously made a decision that you want to lead. So when we talk about welcoming uh, newcomers to Canada, okay, uh, through whatever means, mm -hmm. you know, crossing the borders illegally and all of those, I, I don't want to get into that. No. Sense. No. But but they, they, we, we welcome them to, to Canada. We put them through the process. The process is a rigid process. It works. Um, but given the fact that we even allow them in, we are taking a step dealing with the uh, stress, dealing with uncertainty. They wouldn't, they wouldn't take that journey if they felt safe. If they had a future, if they could see a better future for their children, they wouldn't have taken that journey. So when, once they've taken the journey, we welcome them here. 
naturally, as I said, there is a process they're going to go through, but we give them shelter. We give them food, we give them the support that's needed until they go through this uh, uh, rigid process that we have to see whether you know, they fit the criteria that we have to welcome them. Even giving them the, you know, giving them the basic needs. If you look at Maslow's hierarchy, the basic need is what? Is food, it's shelter. Then it becomes sense of belonging. We welcome them. We welcome them, but we do put them through, as I said, the rigid process. That feeling of welcoming is somebody wants you. You know, th those are all little steps in addressing a mental wellness or a mental health issue. And yes, when it comes to the point of settlement and getting them su the support that's needed, this is where we need to also raise the awareness. But even the step of welcoming them, the step of giving them food, shelter, getting their kids to school, etc., that brings the sense of security and, you know, meeting the first basic three needs of any human being. And then we can get into, you know, group belonging and fitting, etc. So we are doing our part. Can we do a better job? Absolutely. You know, better is always possible. And, uh, you know, the ones who settle well are the ones who also take an initiative to integrate well. Learn the language, you know, you know uh, I don't want to say assimilate, but also make sure that you embrace what we offer in Canada. Yep. You mentioned something earlier that's really important too when we talk about there's mental illness and then we, you talked about youth and mental wellness and resiliency is so important in kids growing up. You know, I remember Dr. Ian Mannion talked to me about there was a, a youth suicide where a student had amazing grades through high school, you know, perfect grades, everything going well, went to university, first failure, committed suicide. But what can we do as a society to get the kids earlier to build that resiliency to manage this see things. the whole the, the, thank you that's an amazing question and it really goes to the difference between mental illness mental health and mental wellness I think educating people and a part of it we are starting by talking about it but incorporating the mental wellness into our curriculum we are actually building that re resilience we are building resilience to teach our children and to teach everyone to teach us how do we deal with challenges? It's those, it's that, it's that resiliency that uh, helps us overcome. I personally relate to that because when I came here and I was facing all those challenges, I knew as an international student, if I don't get good marks, I'm going to be asked to leave and I won't be able to realize my dream. So I had to sacrifice a lot of stuff and those sacrifices given the fact that it was basically for the sense of survival, but built that resilience. Mm -hmm. And that resilience helped me to be able to, you know, get better marks and feel comfortable, feel confidence. Oh, okay, you know what? The new challenge is not going to be as bad because I have managed through this. And you're 100% right. It's that sense of resilience that we build mm -hmm. through dealing with mental health and uh, also getting educated and having the support. We help them build that resilience mm. the same way that you go to grade one, grade two, grade three, etc., to become the same way that an athlete, uh, you know, works as level one, you know, um, a martial art athletes go through different belts. It's building that discipline, it's building that resilience to be able to make sure that when challenges like that comes your way, you can handle it, but also you can handle, you can help someone else. Yes. Because this thing is not only about you, it's about you being there for someone else. 
Exactly. And, and part of it was I thought was interesting is coming out and disclosing, you know, people do so when they feel comfort. How, how did it feel to be, you're in a party where, you know, the prime minister, his mom had a mental illness, our own MP from our writing, uh, Selena Cesar Chavon has talked about, is there comfort when you know that the people in your circle understand? I am so proud of our government. I'm mm-hmm. so proud of our prime minister. I'm so proud of uh, um, all my colleagues, and especially Celine. Celine was a, you know, a, an inspiration. When she got up in the caucus talk, I went and I hugged her and I said, hey, look, I totally get you. I totally relate to what she's doing. And she's, she's the reason that I started um, you know, uh, doing what, I, what I've done. And, you know, w- without her getting up and feeling comfortable to talk about it, and it says it's time for us to break the stigma, probably I would have shared my experience and probably, um, you know, it, it took me a while. It took me a while to get up in the caucus and, you know, talk about my experience and also come and say, okay, you know what, I feel better. I want to share my experience now with everyone. And, you know, through this means, through this media, now I'm sharing my you know my experience with a lot of other people and it's it's that sense of sharing your experience that says it's okay not to be okay mm-hmm. and there there is hope at the end and to that resilience to that uh, you know hard work dedication commitment support we really can overcome this and hopefully one day we'll be talking about mental wellness celebration mm-hmm. across not only our nation but across the world. Right. That's excellent. One of the things, is more, probably more of a comment than a question, but when you were accepting the award today, you talked about kind of, we only really have two legacies. It's the children that you know we raise and the environment. And I really, you know, as I was sitting there, it really resonated with me because, especially in the world we live in, uh, if you're on social media or if you watch some of the TV shows that are that are out there, it's sometimes you question like what's going what's going on in the world, right? This isn't the world that I remember. But you do have, regardless of what your circle is, you do have the ability to impact people long term, well beyond what your your means might be, your net worth or whatever your your power may be. And then I think even the environment piece, yeah, like there's Mother Nature, but there's also the environment that you operate in as well. Like you're talking to Selena about your your experience and understanding her and, and being able to identify people that may be struggling or may, you know, instead of giving them their space, maybe we need to bring them in. Yeah. Right? Yeah. We, we need to be, um, we need to, we need to embrace and we need to say, hey, look, we're there for you. And that's why, I, I, right off the bat, I said, you're all champions. You're all champions because you could have been doing something else during those hours, uh, you know, and you chose to be here for a very specific reason. And as I said, you know what, truly, if you, if you take a step back, and I'm not trying to get philosophical, but if you really take a step back, as human beings, we are born into this environment. And when we leave, we really leave two things. We leave our environment and we leave our children behind. Correct? There's there's really, if, I mean, if you accumulate wealth, if you accumulate asset, you can't take those with you or you leave it, but you could destroy the environment or you could help build the environment. You could destroy the future of your children 
or you could help them build a stronger one. And how do you do that? You do that through resiliency. How do we protect our environment through building a resiliency through different... And how do you protect your children? That's true. You know, as a father, you always worry about, okay, are they going to be okay? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I remember when I lost my father, um, he, he died from cancer in my own arms. And I was saying, Dad, it's going to be okay. He goes, I'm not worried about myself. I'm happy. Now that I'm going, I know you are well taken care of. You can stand on your own feet. And I thanked him for all the, all the, all the hard work that he had done. And I thank my parents for, you know, all the hard, and I thank my wife for supporting me, and I thank my, my daughter and my son for being there with me. But we really, think about it, we only leave environment and our children behind. And if we don't think about their wellness, really have we done our part? Well, I want to thank you again. Uh, no problem. Thank, thank you, you for, and congratulations, Bashid, on the, on the award, and, and we'll certainly appreciate all your efforts with government to help move the mental health agenda and the file forward and and we look forward to connecting with you in the future yeah thank you very much thank you for the opportunity and this is just a 2018 award and i'm honored again but we are all champions every day of our life so let's go out there and let's make a difference